the end of another week here at the Agent Survival Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is our Friday Five, where we recap the big headlines of the week as they pertain to insurance, business, tech, and more. Last week, we wrapped up the second half of our Ritter Summits. So if you attended in New Jersey and New York, I hope you had a great time. We had a couple people stop by and mention that they listened to the show. A lot of you grabbed t-shirts, and I just want to say thank you again for stopping by to say hi. And if you're a new listener because of attending those summits or the previous summits in August, Welcome to you. Thank you so much for listening. First up on our list this week, Apple held their Wonderlust event last week, announcing the new iPhone and watch lineups. That went pretty much as expected. No surprise one more thing from Tim Cook this year. And then on Monday this week, the new operating systems dropped, so iOS 17, iPad OS 17, and Watch OS 10 came out. And I would love to dive deeper into those updates, but I really haven't had too much time to do that, still catching up from being out at the summits. I did, however, create my contact poster on my phone, and I know the process for creating my personal voice. Haven't set that up just yet, but I do plan to. The changes to Watch OS were probably the most visually significant. Apple redesigned that whole experience, made it more intuitive, and there's a little bit more battery drain, too. If you haven't had a chance yet, those updates are now available to the public. I hope to dive deeper into some key features in next week's episode. Number two. In the latest news about the platform formerly known as Twitter, X, the app trying to be the everything app has been in the headlines this week after Elon Musk made some comments while conversing with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Musk has been adamant that changes to the platform, other than the name and the rebranding, are attempts at getting rid of all the bots. And his latest idea is to charge a, quote, small monthly payment, end quote. X already has a premium subscription tier priced at $8 a month, which gives users the verified checkmark, the ability to edit tweets, bookmark folders, custom navigation themes, and some other features. No word on what the small monthly payment would be, but it's an interesting move to make. I'm not sure that it's going to have the effect that Musk is looking for. If you've been trying to fill the bird-shaped hole that X has left in your heart and your social media habit, Tina reviewed three X alternatives in her Agent Apps episode this week. So check that out. We will be linking to it in the notes, and we'll continue to keep an ear out for chatter as well as an official announcement on that small monthly payment. Number three, hard to believe it's that time again, but this week, CMS released the Q4 list of Medicare Part B drug price rebates. 
When the Q3 version of the list was announced, it contained rebates on 43 Part B drugs. This time around, we've got 34 on the list, and I wish I could tell you that a lower number is good news, but to be honest, I think it's too early in the program to tell right now. Most of the drugs were carryovers from Q3 to Q4. Just five new drugs appeared on the list for Q4 compared to the 29 that were already included last quarter. According to CMS, quote, Some people with Medicare who take these drugs may save between $1 and $618 per average dose starting October 1st, 2023, depending on their individual coverage, end quote. The Medicare Part B rebate program was put into place by the Inflation Reduction Act and aims to lower prices for Medicare beneficiaries. Drugs that are put on the list must pay a rebate to Medicare because they've raised drug prices at a higher rate than inflation. We'll be linking to the press release as well as the CMS list of drugs in our episode notes, so be sure to check those out. Number four, while we're on the subject of inflation, this week, Fed Chair Jerome Powell and the Federal Open Market Committee met for another rate-setting meeting. Back in June, when the committee met, they held interest rates steady for that month. Then in July, we saw an increase of 25 basis points, putting interest rates in a target range of 5.25% to 5.5%. We are now sitting at the highest interest rates since around 2001. We took a small hiatus on talking about the Consumer Price Index here on the show as we were off for summits and vacations, so let me recap some of that data now. Until July, we had four months of consecutive decreases, 5% in March, 4.9% in April, 4.1% in May, 3% in June and then a slight increase of 3.2% in July. For August, the Consumer Price Index came in at 3.7%, up 0.6% from July's numbers. And if you're wondering why 2 and 6 make 7 and not 8, or the rate of change is not 0.5%, seasonal adjustments to these numbers do take place, and that is the reason for that discrepancy. On the interest rate front, the Fed decided to hold interest rates steady in the 5.25 to 5.5 target range. Prior to the meeting, experts had been predicting another hawkish pause, similar to what happened in June, rather than an increase or a decrease in interest rates. Stocks were trading up in the hours prior to the Fed's announcement because of those predictions. At the press conference after the meeting, when asked about the Fed's stance on future rate decisions, Chair Powell commented, quote, Inflation has moderated somewhat since the middle of last year, and longer-term inflation expectations appear to remain well-anchored as reflected in a broad range of surveys of households, businesses, and forecasters, as well as measures from financial markets. 
Nevertheless, the process of getting inflation sustainably down to 2% has a long way to go, end quote. So again, Chair Jerome Powell and the committee are committed to that 2% inflation goal, but also being realistic that it's going to take a little while to get there. The next rate-setting meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee is scheduled for October 31st to November 1st. Number five, also related to some of the financial updates today. As we get closer to AEP, we're a little over three weeks to go now. We're still awaiting some important numbers that factor into the cost of a plan for Medicare beneficiaries. It's just about time for CMS to announce the Medicare Part A and B premiums and deductibles for 2024. And then usually a week or two after that, the Social Security Administration will announce their Cost of Living Adjustment, or COLA, for 2024. We are on the lookout for those numbers. We'll be reporting back here as soon as they're released with the official press releases as well as a handful of articles linked in our episode notes so you can send that information out to your clients. Include that in your newsletters as well. Also, next week, we've got two great interview episodes, one with Jason Myers on the integrity pillars and what that means for insurance agents, and then the second, an interview with Allison Sigmund about compliance updates for agents selling Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D. I'm so excited to bring you those conversations, and there are more in the works. And then last but certainly not least, shout out to Dean R. for calling into our podcast hotline and asking a question. We love hearing from you, and we welcome your questions. If you've got one you would like to ask our team, send it in and we will get you pointed in the right direction. And that's all we've got for today's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen.